You are listening to the Unlikely Felon Podcast, episode number five. Welcome to the Unlikely Felon Livestream. This show is peppered with humor, entertains with inspiration, and presents real solutions to post-traumatic recovery. Here is your host, author, speaker, and mistake maker, W.C. Young. Welcome to the show. I'm WC. Wherever you are, I hope you're doing what you want to be doing. I hope you're doing well right now. If not, I hope you're figuring out what you want to do and do it. I had a bizarre delay in Salt Lake City on Sunday night. My daughter and I were headed home after a sports tournament and thought I'd share this with you. And for some of you listening, you know what this is like. We probably have soccer parents, volleyball, basketball, baseball, the club sports, cheer, dance, lacrosse, football, maybe all combined. I'll stop there. But you know what I mean. You're tired. You're beat up. You feel like someone kicked the crap out of you. You've done very little work. Your kid or probably your kids have done most of the physical stuff, but there's something about it that just tires you out. And then as we arrive at the airport, we go through uh, security. We, had, I think we completed through security. And I get a text. Your plane is delayed. Not just delayed, but for five hours. Anyone know that feeling? Now, first they said bad weather, which when I checked in our hometown, the weather showed about 65 degrees, a little windy. And then later they said it was mechanical issues. So I practiced something I've been working on. Every time my thought went to the frustration that we were supposed to leave at 5.30 and I'd be home by 7.30-ish or so, I changed that thought to something positive, anything. It just had to be positive. Then something very strange happened. I even added in forgiveness. Now, I knew forgiveness was a topic this week, so it's probably top of mind. So I literally started to forgive everyone, and, and even the airline, the ticket person, the people loading the bags, you name it. The people who do commercials, security, everything. I started to get emotional. It was really, really odd. Emotional about being with my daughter and her playing sports and only a few years left until she's in college and then my other kids and all their activities and playing sports, my wife, my friends, I started to get really emotional. And I realized that forgiveness was such a powerful thing. It made me see that I needed to forgive two key people in my life. And we'll get into that today. The, the feedback on the book and the podcast have been incredible. I had some questions from last week's podcast on what are some more resources to figure out how to live your life purpose. And I know a good book is, uh, it's called When Things Fall Apart, Heart, H-E-A-R-T, Advice for Difficult Times. It's by Pima Chandran. It's P-E-M-A, I think I'm saying it right, C-H-O-D-R-O-N. I've heard really good things about it. Mainly, um, the book gets into how our fears, anxieties, pains might be preventing us from really fulfilling our life purpose and achieving big dreams. Now on the today's cast, is it time to forgive? Some of you might have a, a laundry list of things and people you need to forgive, or maybe it's just one person. Then in the inspirational segment, we'll talk about the unexpected caregiver and how forgiving might save someone's life, maybe even yours. And then we'll end with why, or more importantly, how to forgive. You might be surprised at the steps 
to truly make this happen. And I don't mean you fake it and you just say things or fake it till you make it or you feel better. Now, today's uh, cast is, is definitely tough for me because I still have a few people that I haven't forgiven. But today I want to talk about forgiving two of them in particular, and they're my parents. David Hawkins, in his book, Power Versus Force, which I'm going to get into more uh, in some later podcasts. It's a really good book. He, he has a quote, love is more powerful than hatred. Truth sets us free. Forgiveness liberates both sides. Unconditional love heals. Courage empowers. And the essence of divinity and reality is peace. But what does forgiveness liberates both sides? What does he mean by that? Well, Nelson Mandela said that forgiveness liberates the soul. It removes fear. That's why it's such a powerful weapon. To me, what David's saying there is when he says liberating your own soul, it's really on, on both sides, right? So yourself, both internally and externally, how you see the world, and it releases the people that you forgive, the other person, and it can free them. You probably were not like me growing up. You might have had two parents that loved each other, spent time with you, made you f this, the focal point of their life. You were able to see what a quality marriage and relationship looks like, what it feels like. They might have annoyed you. Maybe they were tough disciplinaries, always pushing you to be better, made you brush your teeth, wash your car if you were lucky enough to have a car. If you were lucky enough to be in this type of relationship with your parents, I, I want you to first say you need to call them or text them as soon as you can and just to say thank you. But if you didn't, and maybe like myself, most of your experience was opposite of having that great bond, then you probably still need to call them or text them and maybe say, I forgive you. I have to admit that as I've been promoting the book, I've realized that I have not properly forgiven my parents. I'm, I'm going to commit to that today. And I talk about that in the book. Uh, when I was young, my father became disconnected from the family and my mother suffered from various types of mental illness. And I write in the book, my mother, father, and younger sister and I lived in a 1,400 square foot box of a house just south of 100, 100th Avenue off of Detroit Street. Our backyard was a steep hill full of weeds, but luckily we'd lived next to a nice park. We had a one-car garage that was filled to the top of the ceiling with junk. Now, some of you probably identify with this. We moved there when I was seven, 1978. It was an upgrade from our 700-square-foot house we had a few miles away. However, something went wrong when we moved. That same year, my, my mother's father died of a brain aneurysm, and my dad started to lose interest in the family. I've, and, and that's from the book. I've learned over the last eight to 10 years that traumatic events can truly destroy where someone's going and who they are. And, and if this is important, it can destroy if you let it. Okay, so this is a really important point. It can destroy your life if you let it. A traumatic situation can cause intense, disturbing thoughts, uh, feeling related to whatever that particular experience was. It can be immediate or even long after the event has happened or ended. People often relive the event through flashbacks, which I know I've done that with our case. Nightmares, incredible sadness, fear, anger, detachment. I believe I know what my mom's events were, at least during that year and, and when things went bad. I was seven and we had moved into this new larger house again, just a couple miles away. It was a big move for us and I think it was tough. My parents were never organized and they ended up with stuff all over the place. They never, never really got things right. 
we ended up with some of the boxes that we had never opened until my mom actually moved, um, completely moved out of the house. This was about 13 years later. It was like time had stood still. And I think her father's sudden death really got to her. I, I believe that my mom and her dad had a tough relationship, which she always wanted to be different. And, and I think she wanted to try to fix it. And suddenly he was gone. He had a massive stroke. I think he lasted about two days in the hospital and then he died. I, I think she lost her job as well. And then we had, if we had done the move, there were all these things happening at the same time. I'm still researching what happened to my dad, but I'm, I'm sure maybe it was the increase in the mortgage. I think he had lost a job as well. Now, neither acted really like an adult and they really weren't mature. They were still kind of kids. And by the time they divorced, which was about three and a half, I think four years later, the damage was done to my sister and I. But, but here's the thing. What I want to address today is forgiveness. I need to take a different perspective on what happened. Do you need to look at the person who wronged you? You need to look at it differently or that situation that seemed to be so wrong? For some of you, it might be an incredibly traumatic event or events. You might have been beaten or received some sort of horrible injury. Uh, maybe you, you lost a business, had to go bankrupt. Maybe you were you were raped or saw someone almost killed, or maybe you saw someone significantly injured or killed. And I've spoken to military personnel who, of course, have been through this at war. And I know people who were molested and raped as, as children or even as adults, things have happened, and their stories are flat-out emotional. It's incredible, an unbelievable pain and trauma. Whatever has happened, the question today is, what can you forgive, and, and how, who you can forgive, I should say, and, and how can that help you? Um, it, how can that forgiveness help you to, to, to look at your life differently? How about look at what are the positives? Are there positives there? And, and how do we find those? For me, that was my parents' struggles. When I created a list, I went ahead and created a list of, uh, and this was tough for me because I found myself saying, okay, I'd create a list of positive things that happened because of my parents. And then I'd use the phrase, yeah, but. And I'd say, well, this was good. Yeah, but. And here it is. Lack of parenting. Here's my list. Lack of parenting helped me to become more self-sufficient, more independent more driven to success, to be a good husband and father as I could be, to be the best I could be, to take care of others, to contribute to my local community. Now, I know Graham and Gramps, they're two main characters in the book. And if you've read it, you know they were incredible stand-ins for my parents. They gave us constant positive energy and thoughts. But I'm sure my parents had something to do, uh, some positives in my life and, and where I am today. Because, And it's probably because they were so dysfunctional. They ended up, I ended up with, they ended up causing me to have this incredible wife, my incredible wife, Kay. My mom couldn't afford to move. She had struggled in so many different areas, things, and we couldn't leave the area. And that could have sent Kay and I on two different paths. And my kids, if I wouldn't be with Kay, I wouldn't have these incredible kids. And what about all the good friends, all the people that I, I met in Thornton and growing up? I, I know I don't give the city a, a great review in the book. But I did have great friends, and even to this day, lifelong friends that I still talk to and I spend time with. And, and that really brings me to this week's inspirational story. Just a quick break and a word from our sponsor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Buzzsprout, the number one podcast hosting site in the world. 
Check them out today at buzzsprout.com. Today's inspirational story, it's it's called The Unexpected Caregiver, and it's from an interview in Real Simple. It's about a domestic violence survivor, Pascal Kavanaugh, said that she never thought she would connect with her mother, who was also her abuser, during her adult life. However, in 2010, her mother suffered several strokes that left her unable to communicate or take care of herself. With no one else to help, Kavanaugh began to sit by her mother's bedside and read to her. Through this, Kavanaugh says the hate she had for her mother dissipated into forgiveness and love. So I, I dug a little bit deeper in the story. And as children, Pascal and her younger brother endured constant torments from their mother. She says uh, her mom would, would hit me and, and my younger brother. She'd throw plates in our direction, call us names. Pascal's parents were both successful physicians, but their home life was deeply troubled. troubled. She says my mother had an abusive childhood. So maybe as a result, she subjected me and my brother, who was severely autistic, to her constant drama. The harassment even extended into her adulthood, and even when she was off to college, her mother would call once a week just to berate her, to belittle her, belittle her appearance, or her friends, or how she was doing in school, her academics. She felt like her mom was driving her crazy into it, just overwhelmed with uh, so much anger. And forgiving her mother really helped her. She says, I've become less interested in holding on to all forms of bitterness. Pascal's mother remains in a vegetative state, but Pascal visits, visits her at the nursing home weekly. And she says, I see now that forgiveness is not so much about what you receive from people. She says, but so why can't we forgive? Or if we do, it's like going to the dentist. Anyone love having someone stick sharp objects in your mouth or your gums, unless you have some weird fetish? Uh, and, and I have a great uh, dental hygienist. <laughs> Still love you, Jenny. But the point is, is that uh, it's not a good thing to go through. And I think sometimes that's the challenge of forgiveness because it gets confused with condoning. For many years, I thought if I forgave my parents, it said their actions were okay or I wasn't important or I wasn't valued. But saying how you acted was not right, but I forgive you for it is not condoning it. And I know that now. Now, there's an article in Very Well Mind. They talk about forgiveness can also be difficult when the person who wronged me or you doesn't seem to deserve our forgiveness. We all know people like that. It can feel like you're letting them off the hook. While this feeling makes sense, it's important to remember that forgiveness allows us to let go of a connection we have to those who have wronged us. And we can move forward with or without them. Sometimes it's hard to remember that forgiveness benefits you, me, the forgiver more than than uh, the one who you are forgiving, right? Forgiveness is also good for the heart, literally for your physical heart. One 2017 study from behavioral medicine was the first to associate greater forgiveness with less stress and ultimately better mental health. The reality is that forgiveness is good for your body, your mind, your relationships, your roles in life, and your place in the world. So I'm going to take my own advice and I'm going to forgive. But how do we do it? And how do we how do we do it right? And most importantly, take on the steps to make it happen. So I found there's six steps. Number one, you got to recognize what happened. Recognize the hurt and the pain. My parents were not good at parenting, but that's not necessarily their fault. They went through so many different things. But this caused me to have emotions from that range from being disconnected to angry to jealous. When I see people who have great tight relationships with their parents, I get jealous. 
I think about why not me. Number two, reflect on how the pain and hurt has affected you. For me, it made me harder on the outside, it um, more buttoned up, almost non-existent, non-connected. And uh, it was, uh, when you talk about not being connected, it makes you seem like there's no one there emotionally. It's a tough spot to be. So number three, accept. Accept that you cannot change what happened. As I've gotten older, that's become easier, right? Because I think time, wisdom, it seems to help us. And we kind of figure out, I've got to accept it. Number four, resolve. Are you or are you not going to forgive? I've said it over the years that I forgive them. I forgive my parents, but it wasn't real. Not down deep in my heart. I'm, I'm determined to be authentic and do this. Step five, heal. I like the term repair. It's not that you're going to restore everything and make it perfect. You have a chance to repair it. I don't think I'll ever have a good relationship with my mother and my father has passed away, but my goal is to be able to have some good conversations to help her more. My wife has been incredibly helpful to her um, just to, to make sure she's okay and to, to help her through her trauma and all the things that she's been able to. And maybe for me, it's to always use kind words or to give her gifts on her birthday or holidays, and just to continue to treat her kind. And last, of course, you got to go ahead and do it from your heart and forgive. Forgive the person or the persons who wronged you. This can be silent within yourself, through prayer, through meditation, or it can be verbal out loud. I forgive my mom and dad. The next time I see my mom, I'm going to tell her. And dad, I know you're no longer physically with us, but wherever you are, I forgive you, and I thank you because I've lived a great life. I've, I've never done that in my life. I've never said it out loud. And when I tell my mom in person, her reaction, I don't know what it'll be, but it really won't matter to me. I wish I could have forgiven my father when he was alive, but I didn't. What will matter moving forward is that I can let go of this. And for you, you can let go. Move on. Feel free. Let that weight go. Let it fall off your shoulders. Um, free your mind. So I challenge you to try this. Uh, today is your personal comeback. It's time to forgive. How about you forgive today? Go through that list of people you need to forgive. It might be little things, little minor minor things they said that offended you, or it could be devastating, life-changing events. doesn't matter, but do it soon, as soon as you can. Today we covered completing the act of forgiveness. It's more about what worked in your life what you're grateful for, what you're thankful for because of that path you were put on then, then what didn't work. I hope you enjoyed the comeback story of Pascal Kavanaugh. She was willing to stay with her mother at her mother's bedside and have hate become love through forgiveness. And now you have some steps in a process to actually complete the act of forgiveness. Because some people are like, well, I'll just forgive you. But there's actually a process to it that can help you. So thank you for today. And please subscribe to, the, to this cast. Tell your friends about it, if you would. The paperback copy of The Unlikely Felon is available. It's out on Amazon's list. The book goes from, uh, it's been going from like number five to number 100 and then back to 10 and 20. And it's been all over the place. But I'm just so very grateful. This is W.C. Young. Remember, sometimes the best way to help the world is to make mistakes. Goodbye for now. If you enjoyed this cast, you must check out the website, unlikelyfelon.com. You can buy WC's new book, sign up for the newsletter, and see his speaking engagement schedule.